Digital 410 Productions proudly presents the What's in Your Head podcast. Digitized live from the your company name here studios in Cape Coral, Florida. It's the What's in Your Head podcast with your hosts Gordon and Don Abernathy. What's up? What's up, OG5? Just getting it out of the way now, if I pass out during the show, it's because of the combination of Flex Seal floating around my house and the Sharpie marker that, for some reason, smells a whole hell of a lot worse than it should. But uh, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the What's In Your Head podcast. We want to thank each and every one of you for joining us for another episode. And we also want to welcome back Gordon, as always. He's always here. He's very loyal. He's part of the show and on our rotation guest co-host. No use for last name, Mike. Um, congratulations to you. We now have launched in live the TackleYourPersonalBest.com. And that now yeah. goes to his page, so there's no more TBY2K7675.D-410.com. <laughs> you can simply go to TackleYourPersonalBest.com, which is still a shitload of typing. But hey, it's easier to remember. And so you can go check out his latest episodes and all the good content, which links to his up-and-coming uh, Facebook pages, etc., etc. But how's everybody doing tonight? Uh, if we put, take, I'm missing a mustache, and Mike's only got a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> Match them together. <laughs> We'll have something going on here. Yeah, what's with the Fu Manchu? No, that's not a Fu Manchu, is it? No, Fu Manchu is, isn't that the, like the handlebar mustache that's missing the goatee? No, that's a handlebar mustache. What's the technical Fu Manchu? Is that, is that a, a Fu Manchu? Actually, a, a goatee technically doesn't have this. Okay, so you have a goatee, much like a goat, where the name comes from. What did I have in the late 90s, early 2000s? Cause it would I, actually be a Fu Manchu. Uh, is that a Fu Manchu? I don't want to think that I was a active participant in a Fu Manchu. Chew. What is a Fu Manchu? No, I'll Fu Manchu is if Mike's mustache went down past his chin. That would be a Fu Manchu. A Hulk Hogan. Think of Hulk Hogan. It's the mustache without the chin. So Gordon technically has a goatee. Mike is two inches small, too short of ah, small sometimes pointed beard yeah so mike's two inches shy of a goat of a fu manchu goatee kind of follows under both categories uh goatee is defined as a style of facial hair incorporating hair on a man's chin and mustache yeah but i think there's probably i'm sure like if you found some like historian on facial hair there would be a difference in between what Gordon Somebody just has say I'm look like I'm fucking Amish just versus hat on. a uh, what I had. And oh wait a minute, hold on. Oval, triangle, square, round, heart. Nope, that doesn't help. Anyhow, welcome to Hot Facial Hair Talk on the What's in Your Head podcast. Now, as I was well, if I get a goatee, I gotta be or a mustache. I gotta be careful not shave it into what they call a donut beard. Now, so you know, I. <laughs> Sometimes over... so I got a fat face, so I'm trying to stretch it out. Yeah, you're gonna grow out. You're gonna grow out the goatee and maybe put some put some beads in it. Go like full dime bag Daryl. You know, that's that's an idea. Um, I I got a question for you, AC people out there, but we'll get to it as I tell this story because there's a story leading up to it. As you guys know, my kayak sprang a leak and um, damn near sank to the bottom of 
Davy Couldn't Jones. put a finger in it like the little Dutch boy did at the dike? No, because it wasn't a round hole, as I would later find out. That's D-I-K-E, not D-Y-K-E. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was not a round hole that could be plugged with a finger. Um, he did it again. Caused trouble. Hurt someone's feelings. Yet he didn't want to do it. Yes, troublesome people are often people in trouble. They may be mentally ill. Find out how you can help. Write Better Mental Health, Box 3000, New York 1, New York. So no. Mike's missing the reflective mirror cop glasses. <laughs> yeah. yeah either, Respect math content. Either that or what's those new ones that they are? Uh, pit oh, vipers? some pit vipers. Pit vipers, yeah. <laughs> there you go. I mean, you are a Florida man, right? Yeah. I was at the gym yesterday, and this cat came walking by me who was about 19 and a half. He had the mustache like Mike has, but more Magnum P.I.ish, more filled in, not the, you know, the trimmed down goatee and the mustache. He had a full-blown feathered mullet. And what I mean by that, it's feathered on the front. Are we front. talking like 80s, 80s style? Yes. Late 70s, 80s style. And You're it, talking Lethal Weapon, Mel Gibson? Yes, maybe okay. a few years before that. Uh, more late 70s, more Dukes of Hazard era, more um, transitioning into that realm. Did he have like his shirt halfway unbuttoned and a big gold chain? No, because he was hair, a young cat. Kinda... He, he was, he was right. he probably just borderline graduating high school. But it wow. occurred to me that the trend amongst the young cats is they're too dumb to realize that when they're making fun of Generation Xers, they call us boomers. And so their whole you know thing is... We don't like boomers, but it occurred to me you're basically dressing like a late generation boomer did in the seventies and eighties. I mean, that was our father's like younger cousin would have dressed like that when we were like two. You know, when we were gathered around you we hate you because we ain't you, but we're gonna dress like you. You know, when we were gathered around the TV watching Dukes of Hazard and the Fall Guy and uh, Mork and Mindy and the reruns of uh, and reruns of Leave It to Beaver, you know, Gosh, Wally. The eight, the eighteen to twenty-year-olds, you know, the er, late, late boomers, early Gen Xers. That was their their peak style when they're out searching for strange. I mean, <laughs> and I'm just like, you guys constantly just you hate on us, but not us, but that early generation. But you're you're dressing like the people you make fun of. It's just it's just funny. I love the irony of it. But the thing I don't like about it is. I never thought that was a cool style. It was a shit style when it was out. It was, and that's kind of my whole thing about the early, the the mid '80s stuff. It's like that shit wasn't cool then. <laughs> it isn't cool now. You know, I. You mean you're not into getting a polo shirt on and popping the collar and walking around? Well, I did a little picture on this sweet ass the Cast King Pond Hopper sling that I use as a as a daily work bag, and I post a thing on Instagram saying, you know, I carry and conceal more things on my daily routine that fit in my pocket but not enough to justify a full-size book bag you know things they're half empty and so this thing works great but i said i lived through the 80s and early 90s once before i have no desire to relive hit pack life so i'm going with this bag and we've gone now from hit pack life around the hip to now these guys are wearing them like mexican you know bandoliers on mexican outlaws in the well, some of those guys actually have something inside of there that is there to protect them no I'm, yes yeah i'm i'm talking about like the hipsters and young cats will have like their gucci hip pack slung over right. their waist like a freaking bandolier i just i can't do that i'm too old for that shit i guess i don't know i just yeah so i have no desire to god damn it look at these kids the whole back in mind hey 
you know, well, <laughs> Gordon and I are kind of cynical about the hip pack thing anyhow because we were kind of on the vanguard of that, which was skateboarders kind of had that because our pants were we so ridiculously v- large that our shit would fall out of our pockets. So you'd put your elephant tool in there, your keys, your wallet, and whatnot. But we wore them. Usually, if we had them over our shirt, our shirt was pulled out and hung over them, so you could barely see them. All you could see is like the bottom. And then in the 90s, when these dads were walking around with these super goofy, like 15-tiered freaking hip packs that st- stuck eight feet off of their belly button. And yes, they still had white New Balances on. Like our, our Vision Streetwear and our Vision hip packs were literally just a single pouch that was flat. You could put the shit in because... You know, you're out skating all day, and we had on jams and things that didn't have adequate shorts and storage, and you needed a place. There's one style. Jams may be speaking too soon because they'll be coming back. Came back, and they're in the five inch inseam short. You know, dolphin. So the jams are back. Not yet, but they will be. Um, I think. What about the big wrestling MC Hammer pants that you'd see at the gym back in the '90s and late '80s? Not yet. Kind of like They're our, like chef's pants. Kind of like our Vision Streetwear pants we had. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But um, no, um, well, jams are kind Our of, styles led what we end up ultimately ridiculing. Jams are kind of more of a beach summer wear. And for those of you guys who don't know, jams are almost like early board shorts before bo- uh, surfing had board shorts. Except they were colorful like a Hawaiian shirt. Yes, they were, they were big and baggy like a board short. But yes, they tended to have bright Hawaiian... S patterns and I remember the one pair I had we were in uh, Twin Lakes in Kentucky and I had a huge uh, yellow jacket flight my jam short and sting me right on the inner thigh and I hurt like a month. you got jammed yeah so I think you were like in second grade first grade then but um back to the story at hand and why I might pass out during the show um as we mentioned prior I have a hole in my kayak and um Experiment number one was a failure, which was to coat the entire bottom with Flex Seal. Um, if it was a pinhole or a... Fink- You're saying those commercials are just not no-go? Um, I can't go there yet because, you know, they probably put... Because all they did was slap it on there. Well, this isn't the tape. This is the stuff that comes in the court. This is the... Oh, so you basically throw a mastic on. Yeah, basically. Okay. And for all we know, they did 338 layers on that John boat made out of screen door. Or they just dipped the whole thing in three feet deep pool full of Flex Seal. But anyhow, uh, and not to bag on Flex Seal yet, but the problem is, is the keel on my kayak, basically think about like if you were to take a razor knife and just cut off a quarter inch of it, it had no structural integrity. It's kind of like missing the A-pillar out of your window. So you could actually squeeze the sides and that whole area where the hole was, it actually broke a seam around the flex seal. And so long story short, because the video will be up on YouTube, you guys go watch it. I did, in fact, this weekend go out and get a plastic welding kit. Um, The first one I bought from Harbor Freight and Tool, I think the soldering iron was defective because the thing got so hot that the metal shaft on the tip for the flathead actually melted and the thing collapsed underneath its own weight because <laughs> i'm pushing on this plastic i'm like i don't remember it, the shaft being shaped like a banana before and and so i kind of go down on the concrete and i bend it back straight and then i just watch it and it goes zoop and it just fell off i'm like what the fuck luckily they replaced the whole damn kit Got it done. I think it's good to go. But what I did, since I already have a nice 
skim coat under the entire bottom of my kayak of Flex Seal, um, I wanted to just add a little extra waterproofing to it. So I just put a quick glob of Flex Seal over just the area in which I did the plastic welding. And I knew this was a risk because it's in my garage and I cracked the door and I have a fan on. But here's my question for the AC people who may be listening in the audience. My air handler, much like a lot of people's here in the state of Florida, is out in the garage. That's up in the attic? No, it's out in the garage. Um, in the open. Yeah, mo- how they use it. Like my old, uh, my old, what? My old, my old house I rented, it was mounted on the ceiling and hanging down. A lot of them are. And then they have the drip tray underneath it. Like Rusty and Zach, who I house sit, cat sit, when they're out of town, I got to go feed their cats. I actually have to go through their side garage and then duck and walk underneath their air handler because it's, it's slung so low. What kind of lazy construction method is that? Lack of space. Um, because the entire, lack of space. Well, the entire attic is already full of all the ducting. Okay. I don't know. This is just the way it is. This is what happens when you get vaulted fucking ceilings. That too. And so like at their house, they actually have to put water noodles around the drip tray so you don't knock yourself unconscious walking underneath it with a hat on because a lot of times you don't see things as the bill. And so anytime you do anything in my garage and the air conditioning's on, it smells like that in the house because it's sucking air. The air handle is in the garage. That makes sense because usually it just comes from the return air only and... Well, that's when you're recirculating, but like, I guess it pulls air out from out there too. But anyhow, all I know is like, if you were having a party here and people were smoking out in the garage, whatever they may be smoking, the interior of the house will smell like it. If you're out, perfect example. Um, go ahead. I know that on uh, on uh, those particular air conditioning units, you've got your in (laughs) like a white Cleveland. Do what? You look like a white Cleveland Brown. <laughs> Shut the fuck. Hey, Peter. <laughs> hey, Peter. <laughs> Giggity. <laughs> but go ahead. You got your inlet and you've got your outlet. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of hangs there. But I know they put like duct tape and everything, you know, actual air conditioning duct tape. Yep. And, uh, you know, I, I guess, I don't know. What it, it's clearly plaster it, or something like that. And I mean, if it's an older home, it was, you know, that can get cracks in it. My AC like was that, put you know. in in 2016, right before I bought my house. And I know this because when I had to get homeowner's insurance, because uh, my homeowner's insurance company got closed down by the state of Florida because, well, apparently they didn't have enough money to pay out shit. And so when I was getting quotes for new insurance, I found out my, I had a real, my roof was 10 years old and my AC was put in in 2016. Now, the main return is at the top of the vaulted ceiling here in my living room, which means anytime I want to change a filter, i got to get up my 14-foot ladder. That sucks. But no, literally, anything you do in a garage. And so right now, even though i got the garage door cracked enough where someone can't get in and steal all my shit, and i got the fan on, there's a odor of flex seal throughout my house. And then before the show, I wrote my notes with Sharpie. Well, that was kind of freaky. Look how the whole background just went black. Woo-hoo. So I got the waft of sharpie in my face and the smell of flex seal which i will give them credit flex seal doesn't have an overwhelming smell like when you crack the bucket open it's not a punch to the face but it's lingering throughout the house and so am i the only one that has that problem i mean oh and here's what made it worse so dad bought a new house and um he had to put stuff in storage and i borrowed his pressure washer because i need to pressure wash my vinyl fence because it's been a few years and after about day three, I came home from work, and I'm like, why the fuck does it smell like chemicals in the house? 
And so I'm going, I'm out in the garage looking through all my spray cans, looking through all my cans of spray paint to see if one of them blew up and ruptured from the heat. I'm going through my entire garage. I'm walking around. I'm looking for gas knocked over. I'm looking through the house. And then I finally realized, I think, the seal on the gas tank, on the gas cap, on the pressure washer. So I had to put the pressure washer on my back porch under a tarp because it made my entire house like fucking gasoline because of the air conditioner on the garage. To me, that seems like a health hazard. Maybe I need to have it looked into. Yeah, that'd probably make you pass out. Yeah, I, it might make you wonder if that thing was actually inspected when it was put in. <laughs> Apparently, they didn't go out and like light up some. You know, they should have had like the wife of the home inspector who wears too much patchouli. They should have had her stand out in the garage <laughs> and then crank up the AC and have everybody else walk around the house. But literally anything, and it's not just this house. In my other house, is the same way. Back when I used to do a lot of smoking, if you know what I mean. It would well, smell and, and inside the house. Air, speaking of air conditioning units, I used to live out in uh, uh, BFE, you know, towards the east. And uh, I had a house out there. They had the air conditioner in the garage mm-hmm. and had no drip pan, no condensate line, no nothing. And when it, during the summertime, it would get hot and that would get condensation all over the bottom of it. Yep. Not to mention, it's this far. I mean, you know, I'm not as tall as you, but it's this far from my head, mm-hmm. you know. And then with no drip tray, it would just sit there and drip all over the floor. And mm-hmm. I had a I had a truck parked in there at the time, and uh, quite a few times I've, you know, I fell probably twice, and quite a few times I I slipped, and you know, because it it gets all nasty and like it gets on like greasy. Say and, like Cleveland, it gets all nasty. <laughs> It gets all nasty. That's nasty. <laughs> well, here's oh, another that's thing. That's nasty. Here's another thing I've never seen anybody do until I moved to the state of Florida. And you already well, know. Cleveland White over here. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Cleveland opaque. You know what I'm going to say, uh, Gordon? Have you ever had to vacuum Is that Cleveland out? Cleveland Wop. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh, 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 that's where's the button? Is he a Dago? <laughs> that's harsh. Is he a Dago? What's your last name? He, he has no last again. name. He has I, no I use for a last name. No I've, I've seen your last name. I, I would yeah, say he it, didn't want to. Wapash. Wapash. Mentally ill. Find out how you can help. Write Better Mental Health, Box 3000, New York 1, New York. He's Italian, but he's not Manicot Italian. He's not a ragatone. You ever seen yeah. those Italians who like, abbreviate their food because they just can't say it all? Want to come <laughs> over and have some Manicot? Have some calamar? <laughs> So, uh, you mean calamari? They invented froyo too, right? Calamari. That's too that that's too much for you to say. Calamar. A manicot. You mean manicotti? A manicot. Manicotti. What do you want some manicot? You want some Fredo? <laughs> Fredo. <laughs> <laughs> um, I forget what I was going to say. See, the chemicals are kicking in. Um. Anywho. Yeah, so um, I will launch my kayak and see if it floats. Remember that old Dave Letterman bit? Will it float? But yeah, um, will it float? So we will find. I, I'm actually, I, I'm pretty convinced that this resolution, because what I did is I ran a plastic weld inside and put the screen material, put plastic over. And the other primary reason, even though I think it's stainless steel or even a, like aluminum coated screening, um, I, I want to put the flex seal on it just to prevent any potential rusting on it because this shit is going to be submerged underwater. And so that's that. But yeah, um, God, it's, it's I, I, to be honest, I think it's the Sharpie more than anything else. But yeah, 
you know, you were saying something, and I, <laughs> I was making you uh, say it like Cleveland, but yeah. So how y'all been? Oh, that's nasty. <laughs> that's nasty. That is the sound of Dom losing more brain cells. I yeah, can afford to. Seriously, seriously. Um. So what's a huck? Oh, uh, that's a fishing company. That's my new uh-huh. hat. Got it at West Marine today on lunch. William, we used to huck it was when we were snowboarding. Mm-hmm. You know, huck off the jump. Yep. Yep, 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 yep. More silly slang from the past. Absolutely. Yeah, he's done. Old old fart terminology. Hey, I had something happen to me yesterday. That's what we're looking for. What's that? Not really happened. So I finally, after getting numerous of these poll calls, took one. Oh, fuck. I forgot to vote today. Damn it. Anywho, go ahead. And this person was uh, uh, definitely one-sided poll. I was trying to figure out which side because sometimes they try to mask it. And they're talking about uh, Caf- more about Catherine Cortez Masto and how she's voted. And would that make you more likely to vote you for her? You promised me likely. that that, life, that fucking cough drop would be gone before it went on the air. And I can still, oh, still hear it rattling off your teeth. And the people it's listening one. via earbuds will thank you so, tomorrow. Um, and they'd ask a question. And sometimes, you know what? I, I don't like her. But I, I kind of agree with this. But the answer was, would you be more likely to vote for her, somewhat likely to vote for her, somewhat less likely to vote for her, or more unlikely to vote for her? I said, what about I am good with what she did there, but I still ain't fucking voting for her. Yeah. <laughs> well, you could still say somewhat likely, and it does. I was like, it's like you need more nuance in your question, man. But I really threw them off because a lot of the stuff I was answering was a little more conservative leading. And one of the questions they've asked is, how important is the abortion issue to me? I said, it's not. <laughs> it threw them off. Well, not like, now because we're old. I said, it's, it's, it's old. not. It, I, have no, I have no horse in the game. I was going to say, that issue tends to greatly affect people between the ages of 16 and 24 more than it does a bunch of 40-year-old white dudes. Well, plus there's the other thing. You know, we believe in, in not being forced to do things by government rules that we believe are overreaching mm-hmm. and to agree with it and yet be pro-gun it makes us kind of a hypocrite right yeah absolutely so you know we try to avoid that i'm definitely pro-choice up until a certain date correct or period. it's, it's an, again nuanced right absolutely and that's uh, what it should they, be they asked me about trump well how did you what did you feel about the, you know he asked me about biden first i said no oh, he's horrible well you know what did you think about the previous president trump i said he's horrible too mm-hmm. and they keep on going so are you uh democrat or republican i said neither <laughs> So it, it just kind of I'm a frustrated I, I said, man. I should have backed this up and just started trolling them from the beginning. I'm a frustrated American citizen who is tired of being handed two piles of fucking Great Dame shit and this has to the make best a best got? statue out of either one of them. Hmm. Turd one or turd two? Gee, which one has the less corn in it? Hmm. That'll be the this one. It's got sticks and twigs in it. See, that's where I got, got hung up on. Leaves. That's where I got hung up on after Mike's little thing because he he mentioned a phrase that I haven't heard in a while, which was uh, BFE. Bumfucked so, Egypt. And so I jotted down Egyptian snowflakes. Do you think Egyptian uh, Gen Zers are, are offended by that term? <laughs> Bumfuck Egypt. Why? Why are you? Gonna... There's probably one. Yeah, there's, there's got to be one Egyptian. And they live in America. At, at least. Yeah, he's like. 
first generation American who has Egyptian parents and he has a big Twitter mm. account. I'm sorry, they have a big Twitter account because mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm sure their pronouns are listed. And he, they probably did a, like a whole diatribe, a 17 response tweet on the uh, the offensive phrase of BFE. And it's all word salad and an emotional. You know, mess. speaking of crazy conservatives, one of the things that and Adam Kroll often jokes around calling the slippery slope guy, but sadly sometimes the slippery slope guy does come to fruition years and years later. One of the insane um, arguments about 20 years ago about gay marriage and all that, you'd have these crazy evangelicals. So if we're going to allow gay people to get married, what's going to separate from me from marrying my dog or my tree? Just stupid shit like that. <laughs> And, and, you know, they said that shit for years. Yeah. But what we have seen, and I'm seeing more of it, with the acceptance of all of the different identify as thing, there are truly, and I saw another video today, someone was showing a pamphlet, there are truly people trying to, and I, I, hate, use, I hate using new hip catchphrases, but this one applies. These sick fucks are trying to normalize what they're referring to minor attraction sexuality. Uh, they don't want to be known as pedophiles. Bullshit? Yes. There are a group oh, of people fuck. trying to quote unquote normalize. And all the pedophiles rejoice. You can't call us pedophile. And that was oh, the pamphlet. Yeah, you're pedo. That was the pamphlet they were showing is don't use the phrase pedophile. Cause that's just as, as offensive and as the word. And you know what? Word. I will say it to any of these assholes. Stop me, motherfucker. Yep. <laughs> God, I, See, I, I believe that anybody that touches a kid inappropriately or anything like that, mm-hmm. I, I think they should be shot. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think uh, castrated yeah, I, first. I was going to say, shot's a little too nice. Let's go with castrated <laughs> first. I mean, I don't believe in... I didn't, I didn't say nicely. I don't believe in eye I didn't for mean, an eye. I didn't mean well, that's true. You didn't say right, How about a them. thousand cut, razor cuts? I know? think that's the one thing that most normal thinking people would agree on we don't agree on eye for an eye but when it comes to pedophiles let's bring but, back but, some but what town, you're, what you're, what you're town square is, fun what, what, what <laughs> you're calling normal don is is um is part of the uh the uh the man thing the um what do we the call man it? boy the, love association yeah but it's uh it, but they're calling it normal you're uh, calling what's normal what's not normal that's all part of you're part of the problem you're just an old white man yeah well let's talk about some fun young activity um, this probably would be good well in Gordon's news, but I stole it anyhow. Florida 14-year-old boy and his mom charged with national identity theft plot, deputy Not say. in my news. You can take it. <laughs> Deltona, Florida, right up the coast. Florida high schooler and his mother were arrested for identity theft scheme that affected people across the nation, according to authorities. The Volusia Sheriff's yeah, Office said 14-year-old boy and his mother stole personal and financial information belonging to 17 people. Now, this is the part I love. This is like this is like the mom is like the well I didn't want my kid to party elsewhere and not know what's going to happen to him so I told him to bring all their friends over here. Um, Deputy said that the Deltona High School student was initially investigated in May after threatening to kill a fellow Daytona High School student who didn't pay money for the 14-year-old's pyramid fraud scheme. Hey, hey, this hey, kid's dude, already If you're re- going to be a fraud guy, you may want to stay off the radar. This kid's only 14 and he's pulling, he's trying to be a young, oh, went blank because of the, the flex seal in the air. Who's the uh, the guy who ripped off all the celebrities, took all their money, and then his son in law killed him? <coughs> oh, 
Was that Bernie Madoff? Yeah, he, this guy's this kid's seventeen, fourteen, and he's already trying to be a young Bernie Madoff. Further investigation found that the teen was buying people's stolen personal and financial information online, including their social security numbers, credit card numbers, and logins for various bank and website. If you're not using two-form authentication, you need to get that shit going, people. Um, according to deputies... Wait, 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 wait. What's this two-form authentication? You know how, how every once in a while word? when you go to log into Facebook, they tell you to pull out your phone and go to code generator, which didn't work tonight, by the way, Facebook. I'd have you guys but, text but, me. But I got a flip phone. Well, then... Chances are your identity is already stolen and two-form authentication is not going to help you. Okay. According to deputies, the underage suspect also had instructions on how to make and forge money orders. Where does this... This kid clearly got on the dark web somewhere. Um, the sheriff's office found 17 total victims of identity theft and grand theft from different parts of the country. When contacted, 15 of the victims decided to press charges. Now, this is where the cool parent comes in, right? This is where she's going to say, hey, I tried. I told him I didn't approve of this, but... However, the teen did not, not the teen did not act alone. Deputy said messages between his mother, 38-year-old Selena Wallace, showed her... Is that a millennial? This is the writing. 38? Um, yes. This is the writing from the, local, uh, the Deltona NBC affiliate. This is not my learning disability coming out. It's his learning disability coming out. Text messages between his 38-year-old mother, Selena Wallace, showed, ready for this? Showed her tell her son that while she wished he used his abilities to make money legally, he needed the races prices for higher profit margin. Hey, listen, son. To me, it just to me. It's I know, like, I'd rather you do this legally, but the way you're going about it, you're leaving money on the table. See, to me, with my dis- my learning disability, to me, it sounds like it should say it should sound like it should read like 38 year old Selena Wallace um, messages t- showing, you know, or you know, to me, it seems like they left the word out there. But anyhow, while uh, showed, you know, the people who wrote that used to showed her tell her son that while she wished. He would use his ability to make money. He's leaving money on the table. He showed her to her son. A search of her home found 12 laptops. Okay, clearly this kid's breaking into shit. I'm sure there's some grand theft you guys haven't discovered because these don't seem like the type of people who can afford 12 laptops. But anywho, 12 laptops, four printers. Now, why would he need four printers? Remember, he was printing up fake money orders. And clearly he was mass producing them. This kid's 14, 12 laptops, four printers, four cell phones, several gaming systems, and other technology, according to the sheriff's office. The minor was charged with 15 counts of identity theft, obtaining property by fraud, illegal use of credit cards, and unlawful use of a two-way communication device. His mother's also... kid shows promise. mm -hmm, He'll be working for, kind of like the catch-me-if-you-can kid, he'll be working for the FBI and the fraud department. Um... Blah, 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 blah. Charges are pending and further investigation. So that's some well-quality spent time between a 38-year-old girl and her 14-year-old son. So let's do the math on that real quick. If they're lucky, they'll just get a a federal prison that will be a little bit easier on them than the local pokey. Speaking of 2FA and technology. 2FA? 2FA. Two-form authentication. Oh, yes. 
Oh yes, two FA and technology. Um, latest trend, latest news story actually comes mm-hmm. from a article written on Microsoft's website back on August sixteenth. Janet Jackson's song "Rhythm Nation" had the power to crash laptop computers, and still does have the power to crash some legacy computers. I'm not going to read the news story that's on every AP site. I'm actually reading from Microsoft's website from the developer page. Quote from Raymond Chen, a colleague of mine shared a story from the Windows XP product support. A major computer manufacturer discovered playing the music video from Janet Jackson's Rhythm Nation would crash certain model laptops. I would not have wanted to be the laboratory that must have had the setup to investigate this problem. Um, the guy explained one dis- one discovery during the investigation is that playing the music video also crashed some of the competitors' laptops that weren't even playing the video. So just hearing the sound would cause these computers to crash. And then they discovered something extremely weird: playing the music video on the laptop caused laptop. Oh, we just read that. Um, even if they didn't play, what's going on? It turns out, and this is kind of cool. This is science, if you will. Science. Science. It turns out that the song contained one of the natural resonant frequencies for the old model 5400 RPM laptop hard drives that the other manu- that certain manufacturers use. So basically what was happening is, is when these hard drives were spinning at uh, 5400 RPMs, they made a resonant sound. And so when the old, old school read-write arms are writing data, which if you don't know, that data is written magnetically, the digital equipment that was used in the studio in Rhythm Nation in the late 80s, early 90s, when everything was done on a Casio or an 808 machine, somehow created the exact same resonance, and so it caused the hard drive data to get confused on what was being written. I hear your dog's playing. So you have no, fun. Zoe's down in her playpen because Katina's out of the house right now, and she's going nuts. I think she's actually... I couldn't believe you actually heard that, but... The manufacturer worked around the problem by adding custom filters to the audio pipeline that detected and removed the offending frequencies during audio playback. I am sure that they put a digital version of Do Not Remove sticker on the audio filter, although I worry that in many years since the workaround has been added, no one remembers it was there and it has been removed. And furthermore, I don't know how many people are still using 54 or you know 5400 rpm hard drives anymore i did see a TikTok. i don't know i'm beginning to feel like mine is <laughs> i i seen i did see a tiktok where there was a radio shot talking about it and it had like three laptops in the studio and they held them all up to the monitor speakers and one of them did actually just <laughs> turn right off with <laughs> Their dog is pissed. Uh, she just got home so she's going to yeah. be dancing at the cage and so so if you hear or see News articles talking about Janet Jackson causing computers to crash. Unless you're using a computer that came out in 2004, you're probably pretty good. And even if you are, chances are that hard drive has long crashed and or was not large enough and you have replaced it at some point in time. Hey, Mike. Yes, sir. When you come to Cape Coral, where would you go to play a mini golf or drive a go-kart or perhaps shoot a paintball or play arcade games from 1992? I refuse to call it what its name is now. Mm-hmm. Mike Greenwells. Now, why do you refuse to call it Gator Mike's? Because I grew up calling it Mike Greenwells. So you're a Mike Greenwell guy? Yeah, I guess so. Mike Greenwell is running for office. 
and I didn't vote today. And if you live in Cape Coral, it's now called Gator Mike's because Mike Greenwell sold it. Mike Greenwell was a former Major League Baseball player. And as you probably don't know, unless you live down here, uh, Southwest Florida and, well, yeah, the entire coast of Southwest Florida, there is many, oh, actually the entire state of Florida, there is many, oh, spring training grounds. So baseball players spend a lot of time down here. And at some point, Mike Greenwell liked it, opened up a batting cage, mini golf slash arcade, never updated it, (laughs) at some point sold it off. What is the uh, the spring leagues considered down there? Like out here, it's called the Cactus League because obviously it's in the desert. I don't know what they call it down here. The swamp, hmm. the swamp ass league. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but we do have the the Minnesota Twins down here, mm-hmm. and we did have who else? Did we used to have who put was it was the Twins, and I thought we had somebody else at some point. But yeah, we have the Twins. They used to be the Fort Myers Miracle was their home their farm league. And then they changed the name to the Mighty Muscles because all the tourists coming down here, because, you know, Fort Myers is known for our consumable muscles. Mm, delectable. Um, the reason I bring it up is I was reading this Wink News article called Do Court Documents Raise Questions About Lee County Schools Policies for Million Dollar Contracts? I was like, okay. Let's see what this says. Newly uncovered information may raise questions about how the school district of Lee County awards contracts yeah. worth millions of dollars to taxpayers in, di- in different versions. May I help you? Hold on. I got to stop you. You're all the Grapefruit League. <laughs> grapefruit. Not even the orange, I no, guess. the Grapefruit League. Yeah, that's pretty lame. I'm sure like yeah. California stole the oranges or somebody. The information is part of a lawsuit between A-Life Oaks and... I wonder if that's the same um, Oaks. Anyhow, A-Life Oaks and the district. Um, It asks how and why certain decisions involving vendors were made. And like, okay, well, what's the big deal? Um, This is coming up up now because Oaks had had his food vending contract terminated by the district after controversial Facebook post of more than two years ago. This guy's probably a Trump supporter. We're still digging back into the past of people, are we? Thank God. Oh, he did not post anything. This guy provides food to the fucking district. Who cares? It's not like he's he's serving it to the fucking kids. Who cares what his Facebook post are? Chancellor is a Trump supporter. Anywho, that's not why I bring this up. It gets a little more interesting. The document shows that Oaks hired a private investigation firm to explain how district finds and hires vendors. One deal the private investigator looked into was worth $3 million locksmith contract. After all, our schools down here are minimum security prisons. They need to be locked. And so we got to have our kids safe. I can one-up you. Go ahead. Uh, there is So we're doing some security upgrades, or there's some security upgrades being done in Clark County School District out here. One school in particular. So most security upgrades are costing between 6 and $8 million. Mm-hmm. And there is one school in particular that is $26 million, which is almost enough to just rebuild a new school. But this is just $3 million for door locks, not for the school. No, this is for, this is security. This is some cameras, oh, and yeah, some door, gotcha. access control, and door locks. Yeah, that's it. One deal the private investigator looked at was for a $3 million locksmith contract. It went to two companies, neither of which seemed to fit the district's minimum requirements, and one of which is part owned by a newly appointed official. Hmm. The old big boys club. I think it's a good old boys club. Yeah, that too. The school shooting at Broward County's major Stoneman Douglas High School in 2018 shattered ideas of safety and security on campuses across the state. 
Shattered it like shattered. Fine China. A year later, in 2019, Florida school districts still scrambled to upgrade school security. Part of the involved upgrading locks on schools throughout Lee County. Lee County School Board members Bessie Vaughn and Gwen Gittens pushed for an exhaustive search for the best and most affordable locksmith vendor. Seems like a reasonable request when you're trying to source out $3 million yeah. contract. Gordon, you do this sort of bid all day. you got to find the... Uh, it's it's going to be prevailing wage, so it's going to be at the prevailing union wage there if it's over a certain amount of money. So as you're already paying double for what you really can get you know, for a non-union outfit. Um but usually they vet things out. Uh, God, I don't well, know. and that's they're, what, they're complicated projects to work on. That's what Betsy and Gwen said: is hey, we need to push for an exhaustive search for the best and most affordable qualified locksmith. However, quote Miss Vaughn, I was accused of being in the weeds for saying things or asking for things that were none of my business. Meanwhile, Gittin says I was told to stay in my lane and stop asking questions. So I asked more questions. Reasonable. Don't make a sandwich. It's nice to see that people on the school board were, at least two of them, were wondering what the fuck's going on. The board eventually awarded a $3 million contract to two vendors, Big Lead Builders, Inc. and Integrity Builders of Southwest Florida in December 10th of 2019. Remember how this conversation started out with a Major League Baseball player who used to own a fucking uh, batting cage slash putt-putt course? No, oh, yeah. By the district's own guidelines, state records appear to show that neither company fit the minimum requirements to get these contracts. When asked about the way contracts were rewarded, Vaughn said, Absolutely, it's part of the good old boys club. According to the district's invitation to negotiate for locksmith deals, applicants needed five consecutive years in related businesses, something companies could show. With their SunBiz profile. For those who don't know, when you open up a business here in the state of Florida, you actually have to register with sunbiz.org, and that's where they register your business name, and that's where people can go look up your businesses to see if you're licensed and all that shit. However, SunBiz Records indicates that Big League Builders Incorporated in March of 2018, just a year and a half before December 10th, 2019, when the company con- was awarded the contract. So, for those of you with short-term memory or huffing uh, flex seal and or Sharpie markers, like I said, um, they have to have a minimum of, what was it? Uh, d- 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 five years. Minimum of five years to get the contract. We did ask for, I guess you could say. bonded and licensed for a certain amount, too. We did ask for, I guess you could say, a waiver for the fact that we didn't have a locksmith company said Mike Greenwald. <laughs> uh, Greenwald owns 10% of Big League Builders and is listed as the group's trustee. His son, Bo, and Garrett so Greenwell own the company. Wink News asked how Big League Builders was awarded a multi-million dollar contract that they weren't technically eligible to apply for. <laughs> I love this. You know what I'm going to say is they probably didn't have enough locksmiths going, going after that work. Oh, I'm sure Coons locksmith fucking applied. <laughs> How's that spelled? K-O-O-N, and their icons are raccoon. Quote, we did have ex- experience in that. A home builder 
and being involved as much as we are in building, every house has doors and locks on it, Greenwell defended. So the fact that they build homes and every home has a door with a lock on it, that made them qualified, even though they'd only been in business for two years, to get this multi-million dollar locksmithing contract to secure our kids. It's different grade of lock and door. <laughs> but that's his... Now keep in mind, Gordon, this guy just got appointed to a city official job here in Cape Coral. Actually, he's mm. running. I don't know if she, uh, the elections were today. I'm sure he'll get voted in. And Wink News is not Wink exactly um, a leftist thing trying to do a hack job on a Republican okay. because they actually run the Fox News radio affiliate. So it's all. But anywho, I digress. Green, Greenwell said he is stepping back from his family business to avoid that problem. I'm sorry, Wink News asked Greenwell about potential conflict of interest for his elected official to be involved with an eight-figure contract paid by tax taxpayers' dollars, in which Greenwell said he is stepping back from his family business to avoid the problem. The great thing is, is when Mike Greenwell started running for office, and I you know, and all I just knew him as from baseball and um his his less than updated defunct um putt putt course. He came on with the folded bill and the kind of the chaw, and he, he really gave the good old boy farmer accent. And all oh, I moved down here, and I've been living out in Lehigh or wherever the fuck he's living, and you know, kind of trying to present the good old boy. We're gonna clean out the swamps, and the guy's not even in office yet. And it turns out his family business got a three million dollar locksmithing contract because the houses we built had doors and locks on them, so we're qualified, not bona fide like Mike's new kayak, but qualified. That's right. I didn't completely step out. I'm stepping back. I think oh, that's the most story? important thing. It's still a family-owned business, he said, and I always knew this might be something I wanted to do. This seemed like a great thing. Integrity Builders of Southwest Florida, the second company awarded the locksmith deal, was incorporated in April 22nd of 2019, just months before the December 10th, 2019 deadline. They received the deal, even though they seemingly failed to meet the five-year requirement. Wink News reached out to the multiple times for Vice President of Integrity Builders of Southwest Florida, Peter Zelinsky, with an I. All of his voicemails and calls went unanswered. Imagine that. District mm. records show that the three months after Big League Builders and Integrity Builders were awarded the $3 million contract, the district approved an increase in the deal, making it worth almost $11 million because, after all, you can't buy enough locks for $3 million. Well, not with inflation. Have you seen the cost? Because every shit house days? we build has doors and locks on them. Therefore, we're qualified. You can't get those little quick set fucking locks for a guy. Sorry, school, Mike though. Greenwell, but I've yet to be in a house that you can unlock the door with a fucking card in your wallet like the teachers have. That requires low voltage and IT guys. That's called access controls, and it also requires what's called a but was the composite done, cable. But was the work done correctly, you might ask? Pictures obtained by Wink News showed locks were improperly installed, and the topic came out in public board meeting. Quote, I saw pictures of the locks putting upside down, Vaughn said. I was livid. Every house we build has doors and locks on them. Some of them may be putting upside down. Why not? Work. They put the outlet in upside down in the hospital for safety. That is called piece work. That's <laughs> exactly what that's called. That's called we have sub two trades it does not belong in is electrical and plumbing. We have sub sub subcontractors. Right. Um, I saw the pictures of the locks put upside down. Vaughn said I was livid. Seven months after being, I'm sorry, seven months after the contact increased, company named KPBG Properties was established, and the principal members included Peter Zelensky, Bo, and Garrett Greenwald. Interesting. The principal address 
is for the empty lot <laughs> of land in Olga, Florida. So, once again, several months after the you con- want to buy some swamp land in Florida. Several months after the contract increase, a company named KPBG Properties was established, and the principal members included. Peter Zelensky, Bo, and Garrett Greenwell. The principal address is for an well, empty lot. What's the lot name of the company again? Olga. Let's say the letters one at a time. Yep, KPBG. Yeah, it's okay, all there. Yeah. It's it's in grand opening. After all, every house we build has it doors and locks It is very transparent. It is very transparent with the name of the company. That and they didn't even get together. a PO box like we did. At a UPS store, no, they the company's address got, got a lot with a boat ramp on it, right? It's probably not even a boat ramp. It's an Olga. So why is a company started between two separate businesses months after they were awarded a contract worth almost $11 million in taxpayer money? Because <laughs> they can't handle it. There was a piece of property that was bought to our attention, Greenwell said. They're invested in buying, I'm sorry, they're interested in buying it, and it came to us, and we asked if we'd be interested in being partners in it. So, of course, we think it's a potential great spot, so we bought it. Meanwhile, Oaks, who still believes his vending contract was unfairly terminated, what was the name of the place in Naples that had the fresh food that was the big Trump supporter? Wasn't that something Oaks? Uh, uh, a Naples Oaks grocery store? It was something Oaks. Um, groceries. Uh, Oaks. Um, Oakstone? No, it was something Oaks. Remember they did the whole COVID thing. COVID, Oaks, grocery Carrots. store, Naples. I, I guarantee it's the same fucking place. I guarantee that's why they lost their contract. Uh, da, 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 da. Grocery store wearing face mask. Flur- uh, Sorry, guys. Let's at home because um, I'm trying to. I, I truly think. What the hell is the name of the place? Oaks Farm. I guarantee you this Oaks Farm because remember, Oaks Farm was the guy. They they stood up against all the COVID stuff and they were in national news. Uh, video show shopper employees without face mask coverings. That's right. They're one of the first chains here in Florida to conduct business without face mask and they were all over the goddamn news. So I, I can almost guarantee you that this Oaks fella who lost his contract and kind of kicked off this entire investigation is the owner of Oaks Farm, which by the way, they're the ones who provided the extremely hot peppers that we made Davey. <laughs> but yeah. And so... Um, where was I? Oh, yeah, back here. Meanwhile, Oak still believes that his vending contract was unfairly terminated over controversial Facebook post. Uh, won't accuse the locksmiths of bad intention, but he does want answers on how Lee County schools are given out and terminating contracts. Quote, they didn't meet the minimum criteria. There should be nothing left to say, right? Oak said, we need to look into this. Of course, Wink News asked for an interview with Lee County School District Superintendent Chris Bernier but was told to fuck off. Wiggins uh, also reached out to Bo. No, they didn't say fuck that. Off. They were un- unavailable for co- due to talks about contracts. Uh, Wink also reached out to Bo and Garrett Greenwell. Every house we build has doors and locks on it, therefore we're qualified. About big league builders and the company's relationship with these schools, we're still waiting for to hear back. But that's kind of uh, sad. My name is Daryl. This is my brother Daryl. This is my other brother Daryl. Now let me ask you this, Mike. Prior to hearing that, now that you've heard that story, does that change your opinion of the legendary Mike Greenwell at all? Disappointing a little bit. It, it's disappointing. 
but not surprising. It's just sad. It's, yeah, that's yeah. how politics work. Even on the lowest level, you think, okay, here's this former baseball player. He owned a defunct, poorly ran, never updated golf course slash putt putt slash batting cages, which have been recently torn down by the new owners, Gator Mikes. And I don't know if they're building new ones, but I noticed that the batting cages were torn down two days ago. But I mean, the guy was kind of a namesake right here. They had the haunted hike every year where you can go walk through the empty lots next door during Hollywood and uh, Hollywood Halloween and all that shit. And then you hear he's running for local, you know, office and wanting to clean things up. And like before election day, the story comes out that every house we build has doors and locks and therefore we're qualified for $11 million school security door lock contract. It's definitely disappointing. And I can fucking guarantee you there's a hand, a, a large, there's probably at least 30 locksmith companies that's been around for 50 years that could have qual- easily looked into that contract if they were even in the loop and fucking knew that it was an option. I guarantee you that sort of contract isn't, that's not put up on Craigslist on Facebook Marketplace, if you will. That's something that's only mentioned in hushed tones. Hey, do you know anybody who uh, builds houses with doors and locks on them that we can give an eleven million dollar lock contract to? What's that? Five years? Nah, just let's say eighteen months. Can we agree on eighteen? Eighteen months will be good. <laughs> it's just like, come There's on. There's always backdoor political deals that go on, and that, 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 they're not even smoked filled room anymore. Now they're vaped filled rooms. <laughs> yeah. We like to call them white envelopes. Oh yeah, not the ones with anthrax in them. This nobody's seen yet. This is Zoe. Hi, Zoe Zoo. Oh, she's a itty bitty. She's just a little baby. Yeah. She's just a little girl. Just a little baby girl. About five months old. She's the uh, the Muppet. Oh, little fuzzy hey, butt. Katina. Anyway, car explosion kills Daria Dungia. Dungia? D U G I N A. Russian. It's a Russian name. Car explosion <clears throat> kills Daria Dungia. Oh, is that one yours? I'll, I'll wait on that. No, one. it just it seems like we're going after one news story after another right now. Well, these yes, are... I did hear about that. That is the daughter of. We'll save that for the news. No, I don't have it in, my, in the story. No, we'll just bring it up at that time. Okay. Question for you before we get to the news and all that. Have mm-hmm. either of you ever quit a job in a spectacular way? No. Mike? I have thought about a spectacular way to quit a job <laughs> i mean it would doesn't you, have to be like sp- to hear it <laughs> sure please it doesn't have to be spectacular in the in the the observer but it would be spectacular for you and in your mind uh i worked for a major tool manufacturer up in north carolina and uh does it rhyme with clap on yes <laughs> <laughs> I, I completely guessed okay um I was a CNC machinist and uh, was making metal parts and everything for the tools and whatever. Things and make you go. First hmm. shift, good old boy, you know, worked there before it was a union said, shop. Clap on it was. Uh, this is where my pappy's pappy did it. It, it. it was the it was the Levi pant plant. Nice. And, uh, Back in the day, we riveted the pants together. The guy probably worked there. You know the entire time, but anyway, since 1903, when Levi Strauss exactly. <laughs> formulated he was the company, an asshole. He was an asshole, and every day when I would come into work, you know what made this would... guy an asshole? Part of the problem what? is, is like he started there back in 1905 when 
you know, there was a ceiling of $12 an hour. And then fast yeah. forward 30 years, he's still at $15 an hour, but they're hiring the new guy at 12, 15 hours. So he's pissed and he's wasted 30 years. <laughs> yeah. But he, he was just, he was a dick. Every time I would come into work, something was changed that didn't need to be changed. Like he, he thought he knew best. Mm-hmm. And the spectacular way that I wanted to quit was we were moving down here. I put in a two weeks notice. I showed up like three days because I had, I used up the rest of my vacation time. And you wore your craftsman and, t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he had this toolbox and we weren't allowed to have like personal boxes inside our cells where we worked. Mm-hmm. But I figured out a way to get into it by pulling the pin out of the hinge. Sure. And I was oh, going to take old the old I was, uh, I was piano hinge. His, his calipers, his mics, all of his measuring tools and everything and scatter them around the shop and then leave a note in there that says, good luck, happy hunting. <laughs> oh, and I was going to put super glue in the stupid little lock that he put on it. Now, we all worked in the service industry or industries in which made up of groups of dudes of varying ages and uh, personal tools. And there was always fun and pranks being pulled. But when I worked at the ambulance plant, I felt like this went a little too far. Um, I no longer have it. It was, unfortunately for me, taken from my possession unknowingly um, by an ex-girlfriend. But it was my three-drawer craftsman toolbox. Not a big deal. I, I have a cobalt one now, but this one had... The New York Fire Department Crest logo on it. I had all the, I had a bunch of um, I remember that. stickers that were not, that had a problem with it that weren't able to go on the ambulances. And so I had the fucking crest of the uh, the of the New York um, F- FDNY because we built all their trucks after 9-11. I had Star of Life on it and had all these cool stickers. I lost that toolbox, which sucks. I'd rather, I don't care about the tools. I just want the fucking box back. But anyhow, we would do these little pranks fucking with people's toolbox. Kevin took pan head machine screws and drilled three holes in my toolbox and screwed the fucking flip up lid down. So that I had to, and then rounded off the heads on them. So you had to drill them out. Now the so ran self tappers in. Yeah, they were uh, panhead number two self-tapping machine screws. And it's a good prank, but at the end of the day, my toolbox now has holes in it and broken off screw heads from where I had to drill the screws out. So, I mean... Sounds like the gift they kept on giving. A good prank usually doesn't leave permanent damage to people's belongings, but... I think a better prank may. (laughs) um, One of the best pranks, Gordon probably doesn't remember it, I learned it from the dorms that gordon lived in at big sky montana with communal showers gordon you want to explain people the fun thing to do with communal showers i don't even remember okay the soap no this is more ingenious i mean it's not prison there was more guys than girls there but this uh, is an ingenious prank and so i don't know if college dorms have communal bathrooms or not if you find yourself maybe you work in a, a foundry or someplace where after the shift you've got to wash all the funk off you or maybe you're your dick at the gym. You can do this at the gym. This would be a good prank for the gym. Put a crescent wrench in your gym bag. Sneak it into the locker room. Take the shower head off. Remember this prank oh, now? I know what you're going. Now do you I want remember. to finish this prank or you want me to finish it? 
Uh, you fill those motherfuckers with lifesavers? Yeah, you take a pack of lifesavers, you put it in the shower head, and then you screw it back on. <laughs> and so when the unexpected victim is in there with their shampoo, they may get a waft of a pineapple, a, a strawberry, a lime, but they won't be suspicious. It's not until after they get out and the water has dried and they're completely coated in sugar. <laughs> Glazed in sugar. <laughs> yeah. They're like, what the fuck? And if if you put enough in there that that one shower didn't, which probably it will. And that's the good thing about this prank is it's a self-resolving prank, meaning after five minutes of hot water running, the offensive lifesavers are going to be gone. Or after five people go through. <laughs> yeah, well, it depends on how much hot water and water pressure you have, but yes. Right. But yeah, the kind of... Just the hair alone, just being completely matted down with sugar, funk. And if you turn around and go right back in, if the aforementioned lifesavers have not disintegrated yet, you're going to have the same result when it's all said and done. To me, that's like the best prank because one, it's truly, it's, it's truly harmless. victimless. Two, it's self-resolving, so you don't have to go and clean up a mess when you're done. And no one, and, and while it's going on, you know, I'm like, oh, what you do is you put blue ink. Well, they see that as soon as the water. This is like literally, it's, it's the it's invisible aftershock. It's the end zing that gets them. So that's a uh, that's a good prank. But uh, did I ever uh, talk to you guys about the prank that when I first got into the trade back in Ohio building the school? I was working with the second-year apprentice, and if anybody's been in the trades, you know the second-year apprentices are t- typically the most cocky of them all. They they know just enough to be dangerous, mm-hmm. but they think they know it all. Kind of like a second grader. Um, and me and this one guy were constantly pulling pranks on each other, writing shit on the shit house walls. Uh, one then one day he uh, he went downstairs, and the rule was you know you're supposed to have your tools on at all time. We had a nice tool bag with all his tools in it. It's with the suspenders. I decided to wrap it with some scrap wire, wrap it with some duct tape, and then hang it all the way up in the purlins where he couldn't find it. And he, he did eventually find it. And he's like, ah, ha, ha, I'll get you. And and I go down, and it's the end of the day. And, oh, that's cute. He put a, he put a, smashed a, a little Debbie under my, my door handle in my, in my car. In my, that's uh, kind of a dick move. But. I said, hey, Booger. This is a journeyman there. He went by the name Booger. So you got any of that catfish bait? <laughs> Let me see some of it. All right. Put it on there. And then I turn around and look like I was copying him. Smashed his car, too. And he kid walks up and goes, oh, you're not originally picked up. And he eats it. <laughs> yeah, he fucking damn near got sick. And he never pulled another, another prank see, on that's me. That's a dick move on he his part. He who laughs last. Last loudest. As the laugh. <laughs> That's kind of a dick move <laughs> because if it's a nice car and that person doesn't find it quick enough, you're potentially causing clear coat damage. It was that a shit. white Volkswagen Fox. So. Yeah. Smell. I saw a tick. Right no, his there. was a Jeep. His was a beat up Jeep. But yeah. Um, yeah, no. I, I knew it would be found and resolved quite quickly. And it was. And it was resolved quite quickly. And then we ultimately ended up snowboarding together a few times. I saw a TikTok so, uh, video guy coming out to his truck where he left his bait bucket in the backseat over the weekend. Oh. <laughs> I thought that dead frog in the test tube was bad. That was left in mind. Um, Do you ever get that smell out? Yeah. What, nothing's 15 vanilla flavored cheese? He, he went nose blind is what he actually went. Um, two things before I get back to my quitting a job in a glorious fashion. Um, one of the pranks that I saw when working at the waterbed and stuff distribution center, we had a woman there who had an unreasonably 
unexplainable fear of cotton balls. Not only would she have an absolute fucking meltdown if she physically touched cotton balls, but if you were to separate them in front of her, she swears she could hear the sound of them separating and it drove her mad. And so people would oftentimes put cotton balls in her leather work gloves <laughs> when she came back. And, you know, you, you would have thought somebody put fucking yellow jackets in her glove. But Freak um, the F out, huh? Gordon and I used to work at Wendy's back in the day. Yep. Which gives us right to criticize modern-day fast food workers. Well, I also worked at McDonald's even longer than that. And I worked at sure. Little Caesars, Pizza Hut, Italian Oven, yada, yada, yada. And I, I early in my TikTok Wendy. career... I was ridiculed for busting the balls of people at Wendy's for I I can bust balls. I made this sin. This is what made me an asshole to the fast food TikTok. I admitted, Mike, that when I'm at Wendy's or fast food restaurant and they play the service timer game where they ask me to pull forward when my food's not ready, I admitted to that if no one is behind me meaning I'm the only one in line and I'm not going to prevent any other person from getting their shit that oftentimes if they ask me to pull up, I'll either flat out refuse and or sit there for an extra minute before pulling up to add more time to their service timer. Cause after all, many, if you're the you only, know how many times I've wanted to do that so badly, but well, if you're the only, call the cops on you. if you're the <laughs> only person in line, there's no reason to pull forward. Yeah, there. For those of you guys who don't know, there is a service timer, and it basically corporate has a a maximum amount of time someone is supposed to sit and drive through. One, because you want the warm food, and two, this only place to the drive through because, with the exception of fucking Chick Fil A, who has a tendency to commandeer neighboring parking lots, most fast food restaurants don't have a big enough parking lot. And so when you get people wrapped around, they spill out into the main thoroughfare and create a traffic jam. And that's part of the, that's the main reason why drive throughs have service timers and the lobby doesn't. They don't care how long you're sitting in the lobby. So I was told that I was picking on fast food workers. I was fucking with people's jobs because corporate, blah, blah, blah. And to which I say, in 1997, I was able to achieve with a crew of high school kids, what you can't achieve with a crew of 19 to 34 year olds. Congratulations. I was too. But I worked at McDonald's. I worked at Taco Bell. I mean, I, I'm not, I busted my ass when I worked at those. And places. so oh, yeah. Gordon and I were both grill jockeys. Shit. Back when yep. I worked at McDonald's is before they had the queuing ovens or the microwaves and you're making 12, 24 burgers at a time. There'd be times where we got 10 buses just pulled on the lot. Wendy's, oh, we worked the at the fastest Wendy's in the, st the state of Ohio. It was right we, off the it interstate. Was the fastest McDonald's, too. It was right off the, basically, Grove City, Ohio is the last interstate exit before you get to downtown Columbus proper, i.e. traffic and fucking insanity. So people After would stop there. Between... Or people driving through Columbus before, get, and it was like the last stop heading south before you got to Washington Courthouse or West Jefferson. So like this was kind of like your last stop before you got an hour drive before the next group of fast food restaurants. Our Wendy's, and I know all Wendy's have them, but most of them do not utilize them. Not only did we utilize both windows, but during lunch and dinner rushes, we utilized both grills. And so, Our Wendy's. And so, but anyhow, I remember one night my shift manager, Gordon was long gone at this point. I was on my third year working there. My shift manager was a guy who looked like Billy Zane named Moon. M-U-N. Moon. I remember Moon. He went to school with Gordon. He's a bit of a dick. 
had kind of an ego, a weirdo. And when uh, Tales from the Crypt, the as we talked about a few weeks ago. The worst person to have an ego is a manager of a fast food restaurant. When Tales from the Crypt Bordello of Blood came out, he dressed like Billy Zahn did in the movie with the duster and the cowboy hat. That's how much of a nerd this guy was. Anyhow, uh, Moon and I both tried out for the shift manager job, and he got it, which was fine. And so we were working one night, and he was being a dick. And I wasn't in the mood for him, and I was working girl, and I just finally, after three years, and said, fuck this noise. <laughs> I'm about to graduate high school in six months. I just fucking threw the old spatula apron down and walked out right in the middle of a dinner ship, like, fuck you, I'm out. And I was cackling like a madman all the way through the parking lot. I was, fuck you, fuck you, you fuck you, you, you're cool, you're cool. fuck you, I'm out. I'm out. And so I actually did walk out. <laughs> of a job right in the middle of a shift and the funny thing is is when i worked at the ambulance plant um four or five of the people who worked at wendy's who were lifers martha being one of them big old martha big old martha weighing in at 450 but it had the world's sexiest voice and she worked the drive through and the fun we had listening with our headsets on is these dudes hitting on old martha as she <laughs> talked with her central and voice like- her 450-pound husband, Phil. I could, they're probably long dead by now. This man would sit eight hours, spend her entire work shift either sitting in his old Break Buick. the fucking seat of his car. Not only the seats, the fucking suspension. That thing laid frame, and it wasn't even lowered because between the two of them, they had a 1,000 pounds worth of fucking human body rolling in this thing. But old, good old, they're the nicest people, but good old Phil would either sit in a car or in the lobby and, he was the first person I ever, and before it was dubbed a Arnold Palmer, he was the first person in my life I'd ever seen mixed iced tea and lemonade. And I just thought it's it was actually a, quite delightful. It, oh, I drink it all the time. But this was back in 1995, and I didn't know anything about golf, and I don't imagine Phil hit the links, but we would just hear these young cats and these Rico Suaves and these Don Juans and whatever cliche for what we would now refer to as fuck boys in the 90s would come through and they'd be hitting on good old Martha and they'd pull up to that first window and they would just face turn away. Jokes on them. What happened to the hot chick? That's Martha, motherfucker. She shouldn't be working at the drive through Wendy's. She should be fucking running a phone sex line, but maybe she did in her off time. I don't know. But I say all that to say this, is when I would go to that Wendy's on lunch, I would have people, Martha and the store man, hey, you want to come back and work? <laughs> No, no, I'm never coming back here. They tried for like three years to get me to come back there and and start working. Yeah, let me leave my job at the ambulance plant making $12.50 an hour in 1998 to come back to Wendy's making fucking $6.50 an hour or whatever they're paying at the time. Well, thanks. So, yeah, that was my most enjoyable. Even though you were rung out at that ambulance factory. Yeah. Well, I was talking to young Josh at my new job about this, uh, you know, because he just turned 18, has his first job here in Florida. He did come from California, but didn't work. Didn't know how taxes worked. And I was explaining to him when I worked at the ambulance plant in Grove City, Ohio, we were mandatory 55 hours a week. For those who don't know how labor and math works, that means that's an extra 15 hours a week of forced overtime. Which means you're taxed at 40 hours, you're taxed at 50 hours, and if you went over 55, you're taxed at third fucking time. And not only were you taxed by the wonderful state of Ohio, the city of Grove City, the federal government, but also 
because somehow County. we were on Franklin County and border in the fucking city of Columbus. So I would work 55, sometimes 60 hours a week and get taxed three times by the federal government, the state of Ohio, the city of Grove City, and the wonderful county of Franklin County, i.e. got the shit taxed out of me. The problem with all this is, is when you work at a place for four years at mandatory 55 hours a week, that overtime pay is no longer overtime pay. That's basically salary. You get used to your check being a certain amount of money because you work the same amount of hours every fucking week. And when you get your truck done the, and say, hey, I got my truck done because they broke it down to crew. You had two installers, two electricians, and this wasn't an assembly line plant like fucking Ford. This is more like, think, West Coast Choppers and Jesse James. Uh, we would get Ford chassis from the dealership or Freightliners, Internationals or Chevys, whatever the, the model that the townships, and there'd be guys in the back with a stack of aluminum building the boxes by hand. We had guys building wiring harnesses by hand. Everything was done. And so when I say build an ambulance, and I was laying under, underneath mounting air tanks for the air ride, and installing my six-foot-one ass in these cabinets holding fucking inverters over my head with diamond plates, screwing diamond plates in. I did the electrical stuff. But anyhow, so you would get a truck. From the time the truck rolled up from pre-stage to on the line, you and your crew Worked that truck till beginning, till the time it went into quality control, and they pulled you back here because someone fucking stripped out a screw head or didn't crimp a wire correctly. And so there's an interesting study that shows that if you force people to work overtime consistently, their body will naturally adjust, and so you're not actually getting more work out of them because their body adjusts because they know how long a shift they have to work. And no, you fall off at percentage after eight hours and you fall off more after 10. Yeah, because your body says, okay, I got to work 12 hours. Let's conserve energy. We're going to slow down and maintain a pace and get through this 12-hour workday. And so even if you planned out your truck and say, hey, I got my truck done. I'm going to take Saturday off. The manager would say, fuck you, well, you'll be here five hours on Saturday. And you're going to go help Steve work on his fucking truck that he didn't get done. God damn it, Steve. And so there was absolutely no encouragement or reasoning for you to get done on Friday because you had to work that fucking seven to noon shift on Saturday regardless. And so you would just fucking work it. And, um, that's what I hated about manufacturing in general was mm -hmm. when I started working, you know, being a machinist. Well, no, I started in assembly and then moved to machining, but, um, you know, you, you, we would work five hours or I'm sorry, five days a week. And then, you know, it was always, Hey, you know, we need some people to come in or it, we need your cell to come in or something like that. And then the plant managers swapped and we got a new plant manager and he was like mandatory Saturdays every weekend, mandatory mm -hmm. six hours yep. minimum. Yep. It's like, what the fuck? Like I've got trying to establish his legacy. I've got, I've got like four hours on Saturday to do something. And then I get Sunday. And when you live in the Bible belt, if you don't go to church, then you're, you're, you're a fucking, fucking blasphemer. So, you know, blasphemer! You, you literally Praise get like 12, 12 hours to, to do your own thing. Um, so. Here's the fun thing. Um, Grove city was dead nuts in the center of the city of Columbus. Um, not as well, dead southwest, southwest of Columbus. I'm in dead, pretty much dead nut center in the state of fucking Ohio. Um, property taxes are very similar here to in Cape Coral and other places. Um, they're middle class town, it wasn't up Arlington or Dublin or Powell, but it sure as shit wasn't fucking the east side, I the west side, by the moniker Grove Tucky. But anyhow, <clears throat> and so there was a large group of these cats 
who would live on the border of Ohio. Some of them lived in Kentucky because these were small, small fucking hundred year old towns with no real jobs. And so the property value was real low. And so a couple of them would carpool. They'd buy a beater car, put all the mileage on these cars, and they would carpool. There was one group of guys. They lived in a town. All four of them had DUIs because they would rotate. One would drive, and the other three would drink a case of beer on their two-and-a-half-hour drive home every oh, day. Oh, fucking hillbilly logic. <laughs> so they get pulled Never over. Never fails. I mean, it always fails. One guy was a guy named Val. He was a... Uh, I still follow him on Facebook. He is from Louisiana. He was a boxer back in the day. But Val lived in, I think... Portsmouth or somewhere down on the river, fucking down south, and he would drive two hours. And so these poor guys would work for twelve dollar an hour job. Well, he was no, he'd been there for like fifteen. He was probably making eighteen or nineteen, which, to be honest, in nineteen ninety eight was a pretty decent living. Um, and so it's back when gas was like a buck a gallon. Yeah, they'd figure out ways to, you know, they'd have beater cars, so they wouldn't put mileage on a car, and and once you put in you know their cost of living it was worth it to them and so management knew this and they knew that there was a mandatory five hours on saturday but they let these guys work the system <laughs> they didn't realize what these guys were doing but technically what time does what what time does saturday start gordon midnight so these guys got paid on friday val wouldn't do this val was a family guy but J-Bo, I can't believe I remember these fucking guys' names. J-Bo, guy named Dog, who had no front teeth. Uh, J-Bo's brother, I can't remember his name. But there's like five of them. <laughs> these, these guys, because they were smart after all, they didn't want to have to drive this long drive home on a Friday and then have to come back early Saturday morning. And so what they would do, they got paid on Friday, and they'd get off work at 6, they'd go out and get something to eat, and then they would find something to occupy their time, and then they would go from the, go to the titty bar from like nine until mid nine until eleven thirty, get shit faced drunk, spend three quarters of their paycheck, stumble back into the plant at midnight because hey, it's fucking Saturday, <laughs> work until five in the morning on no sleep, and then make that two hour drive home just so they can enjoy the rest that's, of their Saturday. That's when that that's when in quality control they knew. Uh... Which vehicles to look out for. And there was a couple of guys who were alcoholics. They would go to the bar at lunch, and when they sit down, there's already two beers of their preferred flavors. And uh, because we were also overworked and underpaid, a lot of us were 18, 19, we would work and go out and party. Every other toolbox in that fucking place had a yellow jacket, pack of yellow jackets or white crosses. Everybody was speeding to stay awake to maintain this. So. If you rode I in a some of that dare booger sugar. If you rode in a certain brand ambulance in the late nineties, early two thousands, it was built by alcoholics, uh partiers, guys at the UIs, and the rest of us were just hopped up on speed. So <laughs> But you had you did what you had to do to get the job done. I mean, you, you know the mentality of all eighteen to twenty year olds. I'll be goddamned if I'm gonna get to bed at eleven o'clock on a weeknight just because I gotta be up at five thirty and be at work. I'm staying up until three. <laughs> and then nine AM rolls around. Hey, John, you got any blue yellow jackets in your toolbox? So you'd be out there coffee fucking. This is before Monster Energy. or you know, I think Red Bull may have just came out. So everybody's just eating fucking yellow jackets and white crosses and everything else. It was just pure debauchery. But that was a good job for a 19-year-old dude with no college degree and you know no, no other real prospects. And the great thing was, and Gordon got frustrated because... You know, he was doing some construction work, and I think at the time you were 
I think you're working at FedEx or so, and you actually want to apply there, but you weren't happy with the pay scale. And you're like, I got all this experience. I got all this experience. I'm like, you don't understand. They don't want people with experience. They want to train you to do shit their way. Applying. I don't even remember. You talked to me about applying, but you found out how much they paid starting out. You're like, dude, I'm an experienced electrician. I have experience. I was like, they don't want experience. They no, want to teach you how to do shit their way. <clears throat> remember that second year uh, for this thing? Yeah, that's kind of where I was at. But so I yeah, I was experienced. Yeah, it's funny. There's a lot of houses in Lee County that were built just based off of cocaine and alcohol. <laughs> well, when I started at computers, I'd be work. I would be at, I right. would be at the gas stations at like seven in the morning, and you'd see all these painters or whatever time that the gas stations could legally start selling beer. You'd see all these painters and construction guys just buying ice and cases of beer to go paint houses all day. Yeah. Uh, Tuning a piano. Nope. News and shit. News and shit. Now here's Gordon. News and shit. Join us live from the news desk of the Digital 410 Media Network in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's Gordon. Augusta, Maine. Why? Because it's August. A metal object believed to have fallen from a transatlantic jet came crashing down outside the Maine State House landing with a loud bang. Just shy, a few feet shy from a Capitol Police worker, according to officials on Monday. Kind of surprised it doesn't happen more with as many airliners in the yeah, sky and many people who don't want to work anymore. Remember in the 90s when it was always the frozen shit cubes that came out and hit people's houses? Yeah, because after um, all, the, the new phrase now is quiet quitting, but we'll save that for another episode. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, the Federal Aviation Administration was alerted on Friday and returned to the State House on Monday to investigate said object. And the blue, to- the blue things Gordon was talking about was the subplot in the movie Joe Dirt. Yes, it was. <laughs> uh, ca- according to Capitol Police Chief Math- Matthews Clancy, Matthew Clancy, Matthew Clancy. He's got two first names. They're both kind of redneckish. <sighs> and it's in Maine. Anywho, close enough. Mike was over here the other day. My new neighbor's name's Matt. And I was hoping he was going to walk over here. I was like, welcome to the meeting of the whitest guys with the whitest names. Matt, Mike, and Don. (laughs) So the metal hit with a loud bang on a slab of granite lining the cobblestone walkway about six to eight feet from the security screener. The close, they, and came close to hitting. That's what we call a near miss in construction. Um, and came close to hitting the building itself. Tell the story about the hammer Sorry. drill. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry, we interrupt this news story to bring more workplace shenanigans. Tell them about the hammer drill, so we George. Had a, we, had this, we had this one guy. Well, we had Booger. We've mentioned Booger. He was, uh, he was definitely a redneck. I think he's from Newark or something. Newark. Uh, and uh, he was working with a... Uh, he was... This is everything wrong. This is every the 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 events you're about to hear are everything that you're not allowed or not supposed to do according to OSHA and any other construction guideline. Some could argue it's a result of an adrenaline dump. So and then we had this young kid who was he was really into hip hop. He's a tall, skinny white guy. We all had white hard hats. He had a blue one, so we earned a name Noop Two Percent. So. And he was a little kind of a tweaky guy, and he's using a um, a Bosch SDS hammer drill with a three eighths inch bit, I believe. Now, did he have the foregrip on it? Oh yes, he had the foregrip, and he's he's drilling into a CMU wall. What's a CMU wall, Gordon? Well, that is a block wall, concrete, also known as cinder block. Um, 
something happened. I think he grabbed on some rebar or some. Oh, no. It was sitting on top. He had it sitting in one of the holes. Yes. The, on top of the ladder. The auxiliary holes that people try to utilize. But I'm going to put my. Booger the journeyman was below him working on a receptacle or some shit. Because, you know, in a safe ocean environment, you work underneath someone on a ladder. <laughs> yes. As I said, this is not OSHA approved means and methods of work. This was back in the uh, late 90s. Early 2000s. Uh, late Somewhere 90s in it. for sure. Yep. Um, ladder got bumped. Drill came off. Bit got run through Booger's arm. Masonry all the way bit. The chuck. 18 inches. Right in the forearm. And. Uh, before you say this next part, Mike, if you were standing under a ladder and someone dropped a hammer drill with an 18-inch masonry bit through your forearm, what procedure would you utilize to remove either bit or said drill? I'd be screaming and flailing in pain. But after that? Uh, after that, uh, <laughs> probably, chuck, right? probably take it out of the chuck and pull it through. Or way. leave it in your arm until you get to the hospital. Yeah. Or or if you're dead set on removing it, you would probably put it in reverse and slowly back the fucking no, thing out of your No, heart. you would not. No, you would not. That sounds One of the things you never, ever, 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 ever do with a puncture wound is remove said object. They uh Correct. Right back out. He just you know? he didn't back it out, he ripped it out. Meat and all <laughs> hanging off of this thing. But <laughs> But I will give Booger this. He's back to work the next day. <laughs> Motherfucker returned to work the next day. Hey, man, no insurance. Don't want to lose my overtime pay. Nowadays, someone would be filing lawsuits. I These cats probably fucking drop a hammer on their toe, and they're not going to work for three weeks. Fucking, you ever seen the Knights of Knee? We are no longer the Knights who say Knee. We are the Knights who say Icky, 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 I can put Knee. It's merely a flesh wound. <laughs> no, that wasn't the Knights of Knee. That was the... That was Monty Python. Well, same movie, but that was the Life guy of, who was Life guarding the... Nope, not Life of Brian. No, that was... That Holy was, Grail. Correct, correct, correct movie, but the Knights who said Knee is not that. That's the Black the Knight who... That was the Black Knight who was guarding the bridge, like the Billy Goat Gruff troll. Yes. After, it's a bunch of flesh wounds. Yes, after he got his arms and his legs cut off. I'll bite you. <laughs> Tis only a scratch. <laughs> Tis only a scratch. Anywho, it definitely was a wake-up call. The guy probably crapped his pants, maybe pissed a little. The FAA believes a metal sleeve weighing six to seven pounds, which is enough to destroy you, uh, came from a wing flap of a large passenger jet. I believe this came from a wing flap of a large passenger jet. Airlines were Me. notified and all planes landed safely that day, according to Clancy. The area where the plane part crashed on the ground is usually busy when Maine legislature is in session. Would you feel secure reading any sort of investigation report from a guy named Clancy? That's the type of guy who replaces the fucking transmission in your Corvette. God damn it, Clancy. <laughs> Needless to say, nobody is hurt. A little bit of a near miss. Shit fell out of the sky. Not a uh, not a not a conduit. Uh, conduit. Not a um a comment or anything like that. I knew a guy oh, in Grove City who had the classic name of Cliff, and he was uh, only we 15. Dog off now? Bailey does this. Um, when it's time, she'll come in and start crying. One up on the one up on. The, I actually shut the door earlier when Daddy, I was. Yeah, this is going long. <laughs> when I was setting up Mike's domain name tonight, I shut the door, and she was crying because she thought I was in here doing a podcast without her. Remember that story I told about the dog that was in Alaska that was missing for a while and mm -hmm. was found? Mm -hmm. Well, not to 
say, here, hold my beer. But this is the way Missouri is going to do it. Dog missing for two months. Ugh. Found alive inside a Missouri cave. Wow. Jeff Barnhart had, well, he's all but given up on seeing his poodle hound mix again after she went missing in early June. Two months later, he got a text from a neighbor. People are exploring a nearby cave and found a dog. Could it be Abby? Bonnard doubted it, but still curious, he went to the cave site near his rural Missouri home. Must be down near the Ozarks. By the and way, he cannot he... pronounce rural if he's living down there. Who, me? No, the guy who lives down there. Chances are he uh, can't pronounce the word yeah. rural. I can't. And that's when rural. he saw the picture of, that one of the rescuers took. He said, that's my dog. Making Abby's tale even more amazing is the fact that she was just weeks shy of turning 14. Wow. That's an old dog living off of fucking lizards and God knows what she was eating in that goddamn cave. She probably went full-blown feral. Yet somehow she manages to survive nearly 60 days out there on her own. Apparently much or all of it in a barren, pitch dark, 58 degree cave. Abby and Bernard's other dog, Summer... Do everything together, according, including misbehave. On June 9th, the pair ran away from home, Bonnet recalled. It has happened before, and in the rural area near Perryville, located in eastern Purple. Missouri. It probably is Purville. Purville. In Missouri. Missouri. This was generally not considered a big deal. The dogs would scamper through fields and maybe chase What's the dogs do when they live on farms out in Purville? And then head home. When Bonnet awoke the next morning, was back, but Abby was, Abby was not. They are never separate. I figure something. Another case happen. of a fucking dog falling down a well. First it was our yeah. children, now it's our dogs. Can we cap yeah, off these cave. fucking it's wells? It's in a cave. Not a well, it's in a cave. First baby anyway, Jessica, now this. It's too much. Work. I figured something bad had happened. I mean, she's old and she could have been overcome by the heat. Bonart posted about his missing dog on Facebook, reached out to the neighbors, and contacted the police, but nobody had seen Abby. On August 6th, Jerry Keene and five other adults, along with five children, had just entered the uh, we Brummie or Cave, planning to do a day of exploring. I wore my outdoor shoes. We went spelunking. One of the kids ran ahead of the group and yelled back to his dad, there's a dog in here. The dad was like, Don't no, there's touch not. It. <laughs> yes, there was. Got she the was mange. lying, curled up in a ball. Oh, poor baby. She lifted her head and looked at us, but didn't respond to verbal commands. She looked like she is pretty close to being done. Jesus. Keen enlisted uh, the help of other cavers who <clears throat> happened to be there. Uh, this guy's name is Rick Haley. They knew Abby couldn't make it the estimated 500-foot walk Ugh. back to the entrance, especially since it was through tight passages and up a steep incline. So Hopefully they had the foresight to lay her on a shirt and or a jacket so they're not putting uh, her weight on her bones. Haley was trained in cave rescues, and he retrieved a duffel bag and a blanket from his truck. They then put the blanket inside the bag, then the dog inside on go. top of the blanket, immediately took to the warmth blanket and uh, after weeks of lying on in the cold and mud. Oh, Jesus. Until Abby got out, the trick trick was, you know, it, it was, she was just fragile. Yeah. It was uh, critical not to give her any rough handling. Mm-hmm. Rocky areas through small passengers, we could uh, carry a short distance and set her down, then kind of move her again, reach back, pick her up, put her in front of us, keep like, kind of a leapfrog type deal. Mm-hmm. Soon after the initially finding, Abby Keene brief, briefly went to the few homes nearby to see if anybody was missing a dog. That's when a neighbor reached out to Bonnert, who uh, lived close enough to the cave. 
uh, site that he could see it from his house. So uh, well, if that was the case, if you knew you lived by this fucking cave and your dog was missing, I mean, well, our aunt—he's an older guy, so he yeah. probably wasn't much much help. Well, you would send, you would think. I mean, our aunt Robin at least knew that for cats went missing, chances are the goddamn coyotes got them. She would know where to look. Yeah. Well, Abby originally uh, weighs about fifty pounds, and, and uh, the owner says that he guessed she lost about half her body weight. In the <laughs> I'd imagine. Since the rescue, she's gained regained her weight and started to uh, back start getting her voice back that she lost barking for help but that's the thing too if we learned anything from watching band of brothers or any research on world war ii you find a dog or a human like that you can't just say here's some fucking food their stomach will explode you got to slowly yeah. feed them back so you, like if you find a dog in that condition you can't just start shoving fucking handfuls of kibble down its throat yeah. you'll kill well, it exactly and she's finally she's wagging her tail again showing that she's putting the trauma behind her, and it's amazing how she's springing back already. Someone she's turns on our video on YouTube, and they see my arm moving like this. And they, don't know what yeah. I, they don't realize I've got a dog in my lap that I'm petting. The, the I saw his podcast. This guy was look like he was manipulating himself. What are you doing down there, fella? Stroking it. <laughs> and one last story here real quick. Uh, in the village of Tiwa, Arizona... This is uh, one that would strike close to home for us. People, we have villages in the United States. Yes. Well, this is a Hopi Indian reservation. Oh, okay. Fun fact. So they skateboarded on basketball courts and in parking lots and through highway intersections and down roads that twist from the mesas that rise above the high desert. They set up their tricks on old, old railroad ties and lumber, sometimes using their own skateboards to move the material into place. Kind of like shit we did, right? Mm -hmm. You know, trying to make Push it Push the launch ramp down the street on three skateboards. Yep. During the pandemic that led to lockdown, curfew, and mask mandates on the Hopi Reservation, the solo nature of skateboarding was a comfort. But the reservation that bordered the northeast corner of Arizona lacked a single designated skate spot. So a group of Hard Hopi skate on dirt made it happen. Seeing out a project they initially thought would take months and displaying the Hopi culture and value of Suwanaga. I well, am he not going to say it. Uh, coming together for the greater good is what it means. I hope that it will inspire other youths and, and make uh, the Hopi community be a better place for future generations of our pe pe <laughs> yes. people. Yes. According to Quentin Q. <sighs> Nashashona. Uh, and one handful of code leads on the project. So the skateboarding designation opened this spring in the village of Tewa. It's called Skate 264 for the highway that runs through the 2,500 square mile Hopi Reservation. It connects more than a dozen villages. So needless to say, these kids have got a place to skate all the way out there in the middle of freaking nowhere for the most part. And uh, one of the things they want to do is have keeps in hopes, and it's so, it's so funny because skateboarding is also known for, you know, leading kids to do bad things. Well, it was in the Hope 80s and 90s when we were skating. kids away from doing bad stuff. When so, we were skating, uh, we were considered outlaws. So, uh, that's Wales. it, man. That is all I've got. I got Bailey back on her science diet, and she's ripping pumpkin farts in my lap. I'm about to throw up. This well, concludes the evening news, the, um, and now back to the ACT Computer Studio in Cape Coral, Marcus. Florida. What's that? Now you add, and you add to the smell of the marker and the the sharpie. I'd the, almost uh, rather smell the, the 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 pumpkin fart than that. Yeah. But yeah. So hey man, it's organic. Yep. Speaking of hey man, organic. It's about time we organically wrap up the show. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with us for another episode of the What's in Your Head podcast. If you want to find uh, listen to Mike's 
podcast, the Tackle Your Personal Best podcast, you can do so now via TackleYourPersonalBest.com. And as always, you can go to d-410.com to listen to other podcasts here on the network. And while you're there, feel free to click on that Patreon link, sign up, and subscribe. It only costs you a dollar a month. Barely wants to go to bed. I do too. But go sign up for that. It'll cost you a dollar a month and go a long way to help contribute to what we do here at the show. But on behalf of Gordon, myself, Mike, and Bebop, and Bailey, and everybody else in my house who wants me to shut up so they can go to bed, we will talk to you all next week. Bye.